Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 133, which we are recording on Tuesday, January 31st, 2017. January is almost over. It Holy is. Holy It is. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we're recording out in the field again. Have a little bit ambient noise from the ocean, which we find quite refreshing and pleasant and hope you do too. We've had two or three sunny days in a row so we've had some blocking opportunities yes. and we're looking out at the beach that's near the yacht harbor and it's covered in driftwood from the storms that we've had recently i've never seen so much driftwood in one place before it's incredible yeah it's really neat people have made like sculptures out of it and it's pretty crazy we'll try to get a picture up for this yeah episode. we will we will so speaking of blocking and stuff, what are you wearing? I am wearing my big old coat. This is the second one that I've knit, and it is a short version. So it is a big old jacket more than a coat. I knit this back in November to December of last year, 2016. And November I've, to December, it feels so much farther away than it, that. It really does, doesn't wow, it? Yeah. And... When I finished it, that was when our rainy weather started, so I hadn't really had an opportunity to block it and dry it outside until yesterday, yeah. which I took full advantage of as I had the sweater sitting, waiting for blocking. And blocked it yesterday. It fits great. I love the way it turned out. This yarn turned it blocks really well. I used BFL Sport by Blue Moon Fiber Arts, which Gail and I bought at Stitches West a couple of years ago. 2015 or maybe okay. even 14. Oh dear. Maybe. My, actually, my um, Ravelry page says 2013. 13? Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I finally used mine. Mm -hmm. Yay! My colorway is called Ravenscroft, and you've heard me talk about it before. It is a dark, very dark gray, almost black, that goes tonal to a yellow, yellow gray, a yellow green color. Really, lots of tonality to this yarn. There's lots of shades of gray in it, and it works really well with the stitch pattern because you've got both those things, but it's not too much stitch and not too much tonality. They're not working against each other. I think they work really well they together. They do. They look, it really, really looks pretty. So when I wear it, it's almost like a very dark gray jacket, so it'll match a lot of things. And even though it was warm today, I was sitting at the computer and I was cold, so I was wearing it. Probably the fact that it's freshly blocked has something to do with yes, that too. Yes, because you can wear it. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I get it. So that is Big Old Coat by Hohilo Catelli. How about you, Gail? What are you wearing? I'm wearing my bleached cardigan, Yay. the pattern by Amy Miller, and this is its first wearing. I figured out finally how to style it. I remember the last time I love we recorded. The way you styled it. Thank Why you don't very you much. Tell everyone what you are wearing. I am wearing a LuLaRoe pencil skirt, which is incredibly comfortable, in black with just a cami, and this is a short sleeve top down sweater that is it just covers the booty. So it's <laughs> Not tunic length, I wouldn't say, but it's an A-line sweater that's just at the bottom of booty length. And I really, really like the way it it's looks. It's very flattering. I'm, I love it. So Very flattering. 
And funny story. So Josie was home after I got dressed and I was looking at myself in her mirror. She has the only full length mirror in the house. And I said, I need to borrow your mirror. And then I said, so what do you think of the sweater? And she said, it's cute. Don't you have 11 others just like it? <laughs> I said, as a matter of fact, no, this is the first no, time I've knit this one. No, you don't. You really don't. No, I, don't. Can, I can verify that. You don't. But I'm thinking I might want to knit this again using the turquoise knit one crochet oh, to yes. tweed that we got yeah. i got on your birthday yeah. shopping trip it was probably 2013 or 14 mm -hmm. so this might be re-knit a second time mm -hmm. in that tweed yarn because it would look really good in this stockinette simple sweater and it's such a basic now that i see yours of course i want to make one <laughs> yeah it's it was a super simple pattern to knit it's fingering weight yarn top down set in sleeves and it's a line with little patch pockets in the front the one thing i will do differently when i knit it again i will make the pockets bigger because they're super narrow you can just fit your hand mm. in there but i would mm. make that a little wider mm -hmm. so maybe like four or six stitches wider yeah i think i might want to make yeah i really like it and the grain ribbon and the buttons came from stash the yarn was from stitches last year it's the western sky knits um silk merino blend see the little sheep mm -hmm. little they're little white sheep on a gray background and then they have a black sheep every like fourth sheep or something for my grain ribbon so really happy with this sweater so this is a button front cardigan yep short sleeve cardigan so my question is will you ever wear it unbuttoned it's funny you ask that because the buttons the fabric between the buttons gapes a little bit, which I never like. And as I was looking at it in the mirror, I thought, I will never wear this unbuttoned, so I think I'm going to tack down the button, you know, the fabric yes. between the buttons. Yes, so. I've, I've done that on a couple so have I. cardigans before, too. And it, that was exactly what my first thought when I looked at it. I was thinking, hmm, would I ever wear it unbuttoned? And if I were to make it, would I rather knit it in the round and or some kind of treatment just in the knit it flat and just knit it flat and then seam it up? I don't know. I'll have to think about that. Yeah, I will. I think I am going to tack down the button band because yeah. I don't like the way it gapes at yeah. all. Yeah. So, yeah, but I'm really happy with it. So besides making the pockets a little wider and then tacking that down, I would knit it exactly the same. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Oh, I take that back. I might do Elizabeth Doherty's adaptation of a set-in sleeve instead of following the oh. pattern exactly because I really like that set-in sleeve style much better. So that's what I would do. Okay. So Bleached by Amy Miller. Super happy with it. What have you been stocking? I've been stocking a few things. One of them I think you'll remember the one that I know you'll remember because you saw me stalking it is something that Gail and I saw another attendee wearing when we were at TNNA last week. I saw someone waiting in line while we were oh, waiting yes. in line to get into the Sample It event on Friday night. There was a woman, a couple, couple people over, that had a really attractive pullover sweater. It was a mock turtleneck pullover with two colors in the body. There was one color on the lower body and one color on the yoke and chest area. And then around the waist, the middle of the sweater, the two colors were alternated. So 
very thin stripes and it was just really cute her version yeah her version was short sleeved the pattern version is long sleeved so obviously you can change it and wasn't the pattern version one color too no, it's two colors. Oh, okay. It is two colors. And the pattern is called Roz, R-O-Z, by Josie Paquin. And it is from the Amirisu Fall 2015 edition. And it is a DK weight pullover sweater. Very, very cute. And I had to ask her what it was (laughs) and she couldn't immediately remember the name and she hemmed and hawed over it for a little while i think she may have had to go look it up on ravelry she did but she remembered amirisu oh that's right yeah that's right because i was saying well as long as i know it's amirisu i'll be able to find it but she did ultimately remember the name because there were several of us looking at our phones all like looking for the patterns (laughs) that we were talking about in line it was very funny actually and it was it's it's really cute it's got an all over ribbing pattern but not just a knit to pearl to it's a it's a fancier rib if you will and that the whole the ribbing from the mock turtleneck just leads down to the sleeves and then the yoke goes right up to it it just it's just very nicely presented the way it all meets and all looks together it's not something i'm going to make right now i'm not going to make a dk weight pullover in January because I wouldn't get to see that sweater again for another 12 months probably (laughs) (laughs) but it is very cute and if there's any way and it's I'm sure it's entirely possible I'm sure I could knit this in a fingering weight and make it work oh sure and that makes it much more appealing to me so that is Roz by Josie Paquin And the second thing I am stocking is a hat called Vertizontal Slouchy. Vertizontal as in vertical and horizontal at the same time, I guess. Let's see. It is a free pattern available on Ravelry by Laura Jones. And the reason that this caught my attention is because I felt like it was an alternative to the ubiquitous sock head hat that everyone Mm -hmm. keeps knitting because it's so great to have a pattern that you can use that one single skein of sock yarn for. Now this one is a little different. It is, oh, I just saw that today. It, isn't it cute? Yeah, I like it. It is knit. No, now, the reason it's vertizontal, because of the vertical and horizontal, the reason, because you start out by knitting a long band in garter stitch, and the band goes around your head. So you flip, so you knit it as a long strip. You're knitting it vertically. So you're knitting a vertical piece that is very tall, you flip it on its side horizontally, seam it, and then you pick up stitches to knit the crown of the hat. And it looks like it'd be a fun project. Just looks like it'd be fun to knit with that single skein of fingering yarn. Fairly easy and probably something that you could carry around pretty easily just like the sock head hat. 
or sockhead cowl, I mm-hmm. should say. So again, that's Vertizontal Slouchy by Laura Jones. And the last one that I have been stalking, I have to mention it because, well, I have to mention it because it's cute and because I was stalking it. And the other reason I have to mention it is because it is written by somebody who participates in our Yarniac podcast Ravelry Ooh, group. I'm intrigued. This, it's a free hat pattern from Amy, Amy Oku, Ogukuro. Oh. And, Amy Yokohama. Yes. And it is a version of a pussycat hat in bright pink. But if you catch the reference, it is called the owl and the pussy hat instead of the owl and the pussycat. So I, I see that it just begged to be used. Yep. That title. It really mm-hmm. did. And it's a version of the pussycat hat that has the cabled owl in the ribbing that when I say the cabled owl, there's lots of owl yes, hats out there cute, and Amy. lots of owl sweaters out there and mitts and yes that use the same little cabled owl this is the same little cabled owl but in place of ribbing on the pussy cat hats you can have little owls so very cute it is cute (laughs) and like i said the name just begged to be used i think (laughs) so that is the owl and the pussy hat by amy obukuro how about you gail what have you been stalking well, my stocking is also related to TNNA because we were able to go to the Sample It event, which is where you can actually purchase things if you're so inclined. And if you get to them quickly enough, I didn't realize that there were limited <laughs> amounts of things, so I missed out on Lorna's laces. However, I did purchase a beautiful skein of lace weight yarn. It's Manos de Uruguay Marina is the name of the base, and it's 100% merino. It's in a natural background with kind of light turquoise and brown speckles in it. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. And I apologize for my sniffles. I've been recovering from a cold that I had at TNNA, unfortunately. But the skein of yarn is so soft and so pretty. It sat on the table for a week while I was laying on the couch being miserable and I kept looking at it and thinking oh I really should knit that right away because it's so beautiful and the next week I went to see Charlene at the yarn store and wound it up while I was there and I want to knit a shawl with it so I've been stocking lace weight shawls for the skein of yarn and the one that I think is going to win is called Be Kind. It's by Vera Valley Mackey, and it's mm. from the Interpretations 3 collection. Oh, yeah. And they should be due out with Interpretations 4. Four. Any I've day. been seeing hints. I, I keep believe, stalking the patterns hot right now, waiting for them I to pop out. I believe February 15th is the release date. Okay. Remember, it always comes out right, right before, before stitches. stitches. Yeah. Okay, so Be Kind is a crescent-shaped garter stitch shawl that has short rows and the short rows sections are separated with eyelets. So it's just a very simple, squishy, beautiful shawl. So that's the first contender. The second is the Yowza Weigh It Shawl by Susan B. Anderson, which I've knit at least twice, maybe three times. Mm -hmm. That one is also crescent, but it has the beautiful ruffled border, Mm -hmm. which I love ruffles. So that one is very tempting. And I know it's a fun knit because I've knit it several yeah, times. Yeah, that one is, uh, uh, yeah. 
it's soothing just, and yeah, there's soothing. no thought required. Right. Exactly. And it's great because you just weigh your yarn periodically yeah. so that you know when to I start like the that. border and it's great. And then the third one is another Vera shawl. It's called the Ashling shawl. And it's another crescent shaped, <laughs> say that five times fast, crescent shaped <laughs> shawl. But this one has a beautiful lace edging at the bottom. So I was trying to decide, I know I want it to be garter. I know it wanted to be crescent because that's what I tend to wear the most. And so now the difference is one of them has eyelets, one of them has a ruffle border, and one of them has lace. Nice. So I just need to decide which of those <laughs> highlights I want the most. Yeah. But that's what I've been stocking. I've been okay. spending a lot of time searching. Golden Sand by Hohe was tempting too oh, from yes. the Side is Life yes. collection. And the Side is Life uh, mystery along just started. So it's called... Is not that the last pattern? It is. It's the last oh, pattern. Okay. It's a mystery knit along with six or seven different well-known shawl designers all designing right. a part of the yes. shawl. So Helen Stewart, Justina Lorkowska, and I'm not sure how many others. I think Boonitz. I'm not sure who else. But you, you, if you're a shawl knitter, you'd recognize yeah. the designers. And it's called Not Seen Before because the whole idea of the site is life campaign and ebook was to raise money for site operations in the Congo. Mm -hmm. And the brains behind the woman who brought it all together, Christine Villamate, she sent an email today, a pattern update because the first clue came out oh, today. Okay. And I bought the ebook back when it was released. Yeah. So in my inbox and in Ravelry, I got the notice and she said that they've, they've earned, I want to say 3000. No, it was more than that. Five, thousand I think so far in January and thirty three thousand last year. So thirty eight thousand dollars they've raised wow. for these operations. Isn't that fantastic? Wow. Yeah, and that's US dollars. So very, very cool. If you haven't seen the collection, please go check it out. There are patterns by many, many well known designers. They are I think they're all accessories. Shawls, mitts, hats, cowls. I don't think there are any sweaters, but I could be wrong. And then again, for the price of the ebook, you get the mystery knit along clues mm -hmm. as well. So very, very good nice. cause. So that's lace shawls. What are you knitting? You don't have any knitting out. I, I haven't taken it out when we started. <laughs> and now I didn't in a row. to take it out because I thought it'd be too noisy. But I'm actually still knitting the same things that I was knitting last time. The Ivy Line sweater by Yoko Johnston. It's still pretty much in the same spot. I haven't gotten much further on it because I've been knitting so many little projects. But I will get back to this one because I really want to wear it and I'm very excited. So that one needs to get back into my rotation. But now that I've finished some things, I think that won't be too hard to do. And then my Pure Joy shawl, which is the one that I... I'm going to pull it out right now. Oh, it's so pretty. I have been knitting on this the last few nights, and I am almost done you with are. my last big stripe. I don't know how many more short rows I have to go to get oh, to the so end. Oh, it's so pretty. It looks really it, good with the shirt you're wearing, too. Oh, it does. But I'm really excited to have this one. Very lovely. The yarn that I'm using 
worked perfectly. It's high contrast. It's the speckled yarn has a little bit of purple, which is the solid color that I'm using. Very happy with the way that that is, is so turning pretty. out. Easy, fun, easy to memorize is what I should say. Pattern, and I'm enjoying that one. So those are the only two things that I have on the needles right now. How about really? you? Really? Yeah. Just two projects? Well, I've finished a lot of little things. Okay. So That's I'm exciting. at the place where I actually need to get something else on the needles. Just haven't done it yet. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. How about you? What are you knitting? Right now I am knitting the final few rows on the body of my obsidian sweater, which is a pattern by Lisa Much, which I am knitting in Madeline Tosh sock in the mark. Masala, no, mandala colorway. I was going to call it Marsala, but that's not <laughs> Mandala. Marsala, that's so, what, 2000? I don't know, that would be red. It would definitely be red. So it would not be this, like, stained glass type of oil slick. Or was slick it 2016? Peacock. See, I'm, I'm confusing yeah, my of the Pantone year. years. It wasn't, I don't know. It was since we started doing, mm -hmm. so yeah. it's in the last three years. Yeah. Anyway, so Obsidian is going really well. I tried it on today and it's almost there. So I'm just doing the last Yay. little bit of the body and then I have sleeves to go and I'm going to weigh my yarn and see how much I have left, but I have this much of a skein left. So I'm going to knit the sleeves as long as I can mm -hmm. with what I have remaining. So hopefully they'll be a little longer than in the pattern because they're like a weird above the elbow <laughs> height that just doesn't work for me. I don't, yeah. I don't like it. I either want them short Right. Or I want them three quarters. I understand. So I'll see how far yeah. I can get on half a skein and go yeah. accordingly. So that's obsidian. And I'm also knitting a pair of socks. I cast on another pair of Hermione's Everyday Socks, which is a pattern by Erica Luter. And when we were at TNNA, I was wearing a pair of my Hermione's Everyday Socks. Mm -hmm. And I was loving looking at them so much that I kept thinking to myself, I should really knit another oh. pair. So my first pair was in Knit Picks Felici in an all pink striped colorway. And now the one I'm using is called Kaleidoscope Knit Picks Felici. And it's stripes of light gray with neon green, neon yellow, bright purple, bright blue, and hot pink. So very happy colors. And I've finished the first sock cast on the second sock last night and I'm almost done with the ribbing. They're top down, gusset heel, simple texture pattern in them. And they're just really fun. And I really yeah. enjoyed wearing them that day. They were warm and cozy and it was pouring rain it outside. Pouring and I was sitting rain. there looking at the rain through the windows of the conference center. And again, I was all sniffly and had a cold. So <laughs> I was in my, was I wearing my neon sweater that day probably? I no, think... it was last week. Oh, Charlene okay. wore her neon, and I saw her in it, so I had to wear mine. Oh, so yes. I've been wearing mine the last several days. I don't remember which sweater I was wearing at the... There was one in my cardigans and my pink socks, and I was very happy. So, Hermione's Everyday Socks. Free okay. pattern on Ravelry. If you haven't knit it, you should try it if you're a sock knitter. It was one of my first sock patterns, so yeah, it's easy. Yeah. Easy peasy. So, you finished a lot, it sounds like. Well, I finished more Pussycat hats. Oh, still? Yeah, well... Before the um, March, and when I was recording, when we recorded last episode, I thought I was done with making the hats, but it didn't quite work out that way. I made a few more the night before and two nights before, 
And so what I did was I ended up using a big needle and I double stranded worsted weight yarn and just made it work because I had to have a few more. <laughs> she knit a pussycat hat almost start to finish in the hour or so we were sitting there watching the TNNA fashion show. Yeah. I was took, shocked and the, amazed. The double stranded ones took me about an hour each. Unbelievable. I was well, you completely use, floored. You use big needles and it goes really fast. And the interesting thing that I discovered was that the hats that were knit in doubled yarn actually stood up better. And I oh. think the ears were more prominent. Because it had way. more stability because or more it had, firm structure. Yeah, it was firmer and they didn't slouch as much. I didn't make them as tall as I had made previous hats and just the double stranding worked better. So if I have to make any more, I may intentionally double strand them just to get that sturdiness mm -hmm. and that stiffness in the fabric because the ears stand up better. Sweet. Yeah. And it was, they were so fast to knit. So that worked out really good. <laughs> An unexpected happy discovery. And then the second thing that I've finished is a project that you heard me stalking several episodes ago. It is called The Anguli Cowl by Hilary Smith Callis. And that one is a striped cowl similar to triangular shawls with the point in front. This one is like a triangular and Gail called it a bandit shaped cowl because it comes to a point in the front. So it's supposed to look as if you are wearing a triangular shawl point forward. And it turned out so it's lovely. adorable. <laughs> Super fast. I changed up the striping sequence to use three yarns. The pattern is written for two yarns, and so if you change it up, the yarn, the the patterning won't exactly meet in the back, but that didn't bother me because the back gets all scrunched up anyway. And, and I it's under your hair. Yeah. But it turned out so good. I used just leftovers, three partial balls. One of them was a Madeline Tosh sock. One of them was a sweet fiber sock, and the third was a Zen Fiber Arts sock. Three different colors, well, yeah, three different colors, of course. And I was telling Gail that I very unapologetically left this thing in the sink to soak for a very long time, kind of by accident, kind of by planning. But then I tossed it very unapologetically in the dryer, turned the dryer up and just left it because it's just a cow. What's I the did, worst I was, Yeah, I wasn't too worried about it. And it came out beautifully. It's really cute. I'm stunned with how well the yarn hold up. I, I thought there would be more fuzz to it, at least. It fuzz. doesn't look as if and it's no fuzz. machine dried. No, no fuzz to it at all. It does not need to be gleaned. No, not at all. Came out perfect. So this is a gift, and I'm going to send it off to the recipient this week. Yay! Hopefully, it will be well received. It's very happy season, with the man. way it came out. So again, 
That was The Anguli Cowl by Hilary Smith Callis. I'm going to go and, home and go through my fingering single-ply scraps and see what when I get can, home. Yeah, like, and oh. so if you decide to make this, there is a Raveler who posted... She posted a slight tweak to the pattern that she figured out that will make the stripes, if you do it with the two colors, that will make the stripes match up in the back so that you can have where you seam it, so you can have a continuous continuous striping across the seam if you so desire. Like I said, I changed it and I changed the striping sequence to accommodate the scraps that I had so mine does not match. But if you are a knitter who desires a match, matchy, well, you want the stripe to line up across the seam, there is a fix on Ravelry. Just check out the projects and look for the helpful notes. It's one of the projects that has the most helpful notations to it or the most, um, the most Life preserver. Life preserver. Yeah, yeah, more more people have checked that the they life found it preserver. helpful. Yes. Now, how was that finished? Did you seam it at the end? Yeah, or? Okay. you knit it flat, and then there's a seam in the back. That's what I'm talking about. Where there's the fix to make the stripes mm. continuous across Caught the seam. It. So, if you use choose to use the two colors, so that was the Anguli cow. And how about you? What have you finished? I finished my gully gloves, which was a self-indulgent knit-along project. I was knitting along with Cindy, Ms. Cozy Couch, and they're awesome. Last time we recorded, I had finished one, and I mentioned that the vertical garter stitch top that goes around your hand wasn't as tall as I wanted it to be, so I ripped that out and did it again on a bigger needle with four more cast-on stitches, so... Now they both go up, a, you know, like to my knuckles, the middle of your finger knuckles, and mm -hmm. I can fold them back if I want to, but it will make my hands even warmer when I walk the dog. Yeah. That is a pattern you can purchase on Ravelry by Kelly McClure, who is the mastermind behind the Sockhead Hat and Sockhead Cowl Patterns. It felt good to purchase a pattern from her because I've knit the sock head the hat sock so head. many times. And <laughs> I've, a knit, free pattern. I've knit the sock head as well and the cowl now. I will knit the sock head cowl as well someday. And I also finished two more Project Tarp hats. So I've knit five giant hats. If you look at my project page <laughs> on Ravelry, Mike is modeling them for me and they're big on him. So mm. I hope they fit people. <laughs> I really hope they do. I'm Worst case scenario, they're kind of big, but still going to keep your head warm. Yeah. So anyway, those are the things that I finished. So self-indulgent knit along. So today is January 31st, so it's not quite halfway over since we go into March. And as of today, there are already 68 finished objects in the FOs thread. I I'm went through stunned. today and looked at all of them. Crazy how many things fun. are finished. Beautiful, beautiful knits. And I was looking at the chatter thread there are 148 voices, so 148 people have at least posted one, one post message. in that thread. Mm -hmm. 651 readers, so a lot of you are reading the posts but not commenting. Mm -hmm. So we invite you to comment wherever you want. You know, don't try to keep up with the thread because it's a fast mover. 
And there are 245 projects in the chatter thread. Nice. So some of those are already in the FO thread, obviously, right. but a lot of projects are in progress yeah. right now. So yeah. I'm super, super impressed. You guys are kicking self-indulgent booty, which is fantastic. <laughs> so that's the knit along update. And we also have some more patterns for our giveaway from Alpaca Anna, who I apologize Anna, I can't remember your new name. She changed her Instagram and Ravelry name to something that's not common. So I cannot remember it. And I don't have internet connection right now. So I will put that in the chatter and FO threads. So very cool. Okay. And we also wanted to talk about Love Your Stash today. So we've mentioned this before. Yeah. Why don't you give a brief overview of what the love your stash challenge is so we're not even calling it a challenge anymore it's just the love your yeah. stash thread yes that's and much better to yeah. say than challenge i agree robbie started this idea two years ago so i think this is our third year now wow. and the idea behind it was a lot of us have stashes big and small and instead of feeling any guilt about your stash why not love your stash and do what you have to do to adjust your stash so that you love it instead of have any feelings of negativity towards it at all. So quarterly, we have a new thread where you can, if you want to, go and post goals for that particular quarter. And sometimes people meet them, sometimes they don't. Sometimes people update them, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're just there for some emotional support, especially if you're feeling a moment of weakness towards one of your goals. <laughs> and it's just a really good positive place to be. So if you're trying to not buy something in particular, be it yarn or patterns or anything else, and you're, you want some support, it's a great place to go. I've found over the last two years, I have a stash that I absolutely love. I don't feel any guilt about it at all anymore. I don't feel any guilt when I buy yarn because I know it will be knit eventually. Mm -hmm. And I've also let go of a lot of yarn that I purchased. And we'll talk about this. Well, your taste changes or yeah. you find that alpaca makes you itch or, <laughs> you know, whatever the case. And you find, hmm, oh, I don't really like knitting with cotton as much as I thought I would. Whatever the reason is, sometimes you just have to let some of that yarn go and donating it to charities or finding someone else who will knit it and love it or de-stashing it to make some more money for your own stash acquisitions. It doesn't matter. Just the freedom of getting rid of the yarn that's weighing you down. <laughs> so that's the whole idea behind Love Your Stash. And in the Q1 thread for this year, we already have 40 people who are commenting. Not all of them has, have set goals, but they've, you know, made an appearance. And 225 people are reading it. Wow. So I think a lot of people, like maybe if you're on the fence, it's not anything formal. It's just a way of kind of putting it out there so you have some accountability if you want it. Nobody's going to comment on whether you make your goals or not. But if you ask for feedback, you'll get it. So I invite you to join in. And you had some things, well, some comments around that. For me, that. what it has helped me to remember to do is, number one, fluff the stash. Meaning, take your yarn out periodically. Look at it. 
that will cause you to remember why you fell in love with it in the first place. Mm -hmm. If you have that heightened feeling towards your yarn, you're much more likely to use it. Now, when you have yarn that's been packed away for three months, six months, a year, two years, you may have kind of lost that loving feeling. But if you bring it out, fluff the stash, take that yarn out and look at it in the light, you're going to get that feeling back. Assuming I will that not it's, sing. I will not sing. <laughs> assuming that it's something that you truly love. You will get that feeling back. You'll want to use it again. And it's good to review. For me, I need to update I know I need to update a lot of my stash on Ravelry I think I have some things that I may have gotten rid of some things that I might have used not entered into Ravelry yet so there are a few tweaks but at least it has reminded me that I do need to periodically physically look at my yarn and conversely, if you've lost that love and feeling, get rid that of it. That was the second thing. I also have gotten rid of a lot of yarn that I no longer love or that I don't want to use. There are, I have a lot of yarn and a lot of partial balls that I have trouble parting with and trouble using. Just because, mm, I don't know why. It's that undefinable I, I, I always think, oh, I can make, for example, everything, well, anything that's left over, I can make charity hats with that. Oh, yeah. And I do. I make a lot, but apparently I have too much yarn to make charity hats out of because I can't keep up. And so I've learned that every once in a while you need to just gather it all up in a bag and pass it on yep. to somebody else who will use it. Gail and I have a wonderful opportunity called the Knockers Retreat, where there is a de-stash room where we very easily can get rid of yarn that we don't want because in a group of 60 knitters, probably somebody else will find a use for something. I think every year, most of the yarn has gone home and then the few things that are remaining, I know somebody has gathered up to either donate or donate to a group of charity knitters. Yeah. So it always finds some so, home. Yes. So it finds some home, but a good portion of the yarn does not remain to go to the charity projects. Yep. So a lot of it does find a home. And if it sits in somebody else's stash, I don't have to worry about yeah, it. It's not taking up space in my stash. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think we've mentioned before the advantages of keeping your stash on Ravelry and updated in Ravelry and how it intermingles with all of your projects. And someone recently asked about if they've used up all their yarn, should they delete their stash entry? Oh, I saw that today. Right. And I never delete my stash entries. I you can go either. into, when you edit your stash, there's a drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner where you can say, in stash, all used up, traded, gifted, and I'm not sure what the other options are. Uh -huh. But every time I use up most of or all of 
a stash entry, I just mark it as all used up. I do too. And the advantages of that is then you can go back and look at something you've purchased, especially if you're diligent to make notes about it, which I'm not. But you can see if you've knit it before and there are just a lot of advantages behind the scenes things that happen on Ravelry that if your stash is in there, it makes a lot of things easier. Especially like we've said before, if your stash is not readily accessible physically. So fluffing the stash is great because then like Charlene said, you fall back in love or you Mm -hmm. remember why you bought it. But if it's not easy to get to sometimes, having it in Ravelry makes it more accessible. And that was just a side rant that I wanted. (laughs) (laughs) That's just loving your stash and having it in Ravelry so that it's easier to love because then you can shop for the right pattern for it or whatever. Make that magical mating that happens with Yarn Mm -hmm. and Project. And sometimes you do have to manually go in and change Uh that. For example, if I knit a hat and I used half a skein of Yarn A, for example, then I knit another hat. And I used half of what was remaining of yarn A. My Ravelry stash page will still show that I have a quarter of the original skein left. But let's say I end up using that quarter skein for a scrappy hat. Or let's say that I just put that skein in a giveaway bag. Unless I manually go in and change that I've used it all up, that quarter skein is going to sit in my stash and look like I have more yarn. Yeah. Yeah. And personally, I don't care to have the 50 or more partial bits on my stash page. I like to have whole project amounts on my stash page. So I can get rather ruthless about that when it comes to partials and just put them as all used up, even though I may physically still have a partial sitting in my partials bag. I do the same thing. Just because I like to have, I like to look at my yarn stash in terms of what I have available for a new project. If I want to make a scrappy shawl or a scrappy hat, I don't go to Ravelry. I go to my Scrappy bag. Yeah. Well, there's nothing more disappointing than finding a pattern that you really want to knit and going to look at your stash and you think, oh, wow, I didn't remember I had a sweater quantity of that, but it says zero remaining because you accidentally (laughs) forgot to mark it as all used up. Yeah. Yeah. All of those things I've done. So, (laughs) so yeah, that's, that's another thing. And I wanted to mention my quarter goals. I was going to ask you because you spelled yours out really nicely. So do you want to share any or all of those? Sure. And this is something I have done every quarter since the challenge began. You've been really good. I haven't. I've been good about setting goals. I'm not necessarily good about meeting them, but they're (laughs) always there in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. Like last quarter, one of my goals was to not buy yarn for myself and to knit completely from stash. The exception was I could buy yarn to knit gifts, which I did in plenty. So I still got to purchase yarn and get that you know, stash thrill, but I wasn't buying any more for myself. And I succeeded in that up until the end of you did. the quarter. Yeah. I felt really awesome. good about that. Yeah. So this quarter, my first goal was to only buy yarn in person. And this is a double edged sword because I love to shop for yarn online. <laughs> but quarter one, this was an easy goal for myself because we're going to Stitches West in February. So I will see a lot of yarn in person. So subsequent quarters, I might set a similar goal that would be only buy 
X amount of yarn online, for example, because I do purchase a lot of yarn online. And I'm happy about that because you can't get everything in your local yarn store. But the other advantage of that is I've been doing a lot more yarn purchases in our local yarn store, mm-hmm. which I know supports the local business and it supports all the vendors who are represented by the store and, you know, all the benefits that come with that. So that was my first goal. And some of the yarn I'm looking forward to seeing at Stitches is Sincere sincere sheep because we saw brooke at tnna she has a new breed specific worsted weight yarn that's amazing (laughs) so i can't wait to see that in person my next goal was to knit something from deep stash i said once per quarter i think i meant once per month so i wanted to alternate new stash quote new stash with old stash or Mm, deep stash that's a good idea and deep stash can mean anything it can mean it was from last year, the year before. I kind of want to work through the yarns I purchased from previous stitches that are still in my stash. So I think that's where that one came from. My next one was I want to knit a hat for charity every month. Well, I knit five in January, so I consider myself having fulfilled that one. And the last one was to try to knit from my queue and library instead of falling for every new and shiny project. And now I want to sing that song for Moana. I'm so shiny. (laughs) So the kids hate it when I do that. That was because I have the habit that many of us do. Oh, look at that pretty new pattern. Mm -hmm. I must knit that right away. Well, I have 500 projects in my queue and in my library that I could knit that are probably fairly similar to the brand new one. And I probably have yarn for the one that's in my queue or my library. So I'm trying to be good about that. And so far this quarter, it's only one month down, but I don't think I've purchased any patterns. I don't think. Not that I can think of. So I'm doing well on that one. Yay. Yeah. And I have knit down several from my queue. Some that have been there a long time, like the gully gloves have been in my queue for a long time. So I'm very pleased about that too. Nice. And one more thing I wanted to mention about purchasing at a local yarn store versus online. A few years ago, I kind of went off the deep end purchasing yarn online. And (laughs) I've found that I have to not control myself, but you know, I have to use a voice of reason to not just buy every pretty thing. But there are certain pretty things that when the time is right, you you need to buy them for yourself. Like the Unwind Yarn Company I bought for myself Mm -hmm. in December. And I won a prize. I won a gift certificate from Luna Gray Fiber Arts, whose yarn I've admired for the longest time. And I haven't purchased any because of the whole can't see it in person thing. (laughs) Now I'm going to try it because I can. So I can't wait to see hers in person. Also, she has some beautiful blends. She has a BFL silk, BFL silk, and some really pretty ones that I'm looking forward to trying. So thank you, Jackie, for that. And I just... I'm happy with all of my stash. That's great. You know, the one exception I give myself every quarter, I used to write this out in my goals, but now it's just, I know it. Aaron, Madeline Tosh, Aaron yarn is oh, my exception to ever, every rule. If you ever see it. Exactly. It. So yeah. I did buy a sweater quantity like January 2nd or something. And that's my allowable f- because oh. it makes you so happy. And it's, it's a, it's, it's like a, a unicorn. limited edition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't get it anymore. Yeah. So when it goes up for sale in a color right. that I want, 
I'm going to have to succumb. And right. she had three sweater quantities in different colors, and I only bought one. <laughs> so I was very proud of myself. I almost bought two, and I thought, no, you can't do that. So, so in terms of buying yarn in person, I wanted to comment on that too because I've always been a much – I have always been much more inclined to buy yarn in person only because I guess I'm, I think of myself as picky. If I see something online and I have in my head that it looks a certain way and if I get it and it doesn't look exactly the same as what I picture it, then I'll be disappointed. So I have a hard a fear, I should say. I shouldn't say a hard time. I just have, I have a fear of buying things online because they won't come to me as expected. And that's not to say that they're being misrepresented in, in any way. It's just that photography looks different on different devices mm -hmm. and things pictured in photography on the web are going to look different from device to device. And the reality is that it's going to arrive and it might not look the way that I pictured it should look in my head. Yeah, that's completely realistic. I don't like clubs. I don't either. Because I don't like purchasing an unknown. I, I absolutely do not like purchasing an unknown. That's, yeah. that's the best way to say it. So some people love the surprise of that and that's great for them for me it's just not my thing consumers are different <laughs> i'm the same way and for you i've always thought of you not as picky but you're very selective because you have a good such a good sense of color for you mm -hmm. so i can look at a skein of yarn and to me, it's like, oh, that's so pretty. And you'll look at it and analyze the colors. <laughs> so you have a different eye that you bring to it. And for you, I think you would be disappointed, not on a regular basis, but more than I am when you purchase online because yeah. you're not going to see some of the depth of color from an indie design right. dyer or different colors in a variegated yarn are going to surprise you and maybe not make you happy because you really do. You have a, an artist's eye. So mm. I think that okay. for you, that's a very smart way to buy yarn. I'll accept that. Yeah. <laughs> so what does that mean in terms of the businesses I support and where I choose to put my money? I choose to purchase obviously from local yarn stores. I think supporting local yarn stores with as much of my yarn store, which with as much of my yarn business as possible is a good thing. Gail and I have both done this in the past where if we can't find what we need locally, we may find another local yarn store, not necessarily in our area to supply us with the yarn. So that's another way of supporting local yarn stores. So you say, but Charlene, small indie dyers are also small businesses. And yes, they are. And I would, there are some yarn, small indie yarn businesses that I have purchased from Sight Unseen because I know that I love that dyer's color sense or I know that I'll be happy. So I do also try to extend that 
when possible, because yes, we should support the small businesses. I think that's a good thing. I love seeing indie dyers and small businesses at events when possible. I love seeing small indie dyers at other yard stores when possible. Well, what do so you say? I do try. Yeah, <laughs> I, would, I would say knowing your yarn buying habits, not all of them, but I think I'm pretty familiar with what you, you buy and when we're <laughs> usually so. together. Or, well, I would say probably 80, probably not 80, at least 65 to 70% of your year's purchases are at Stitches, aren't they? Maybe. Probably. And then the rest probably. are mostly from the Swift Stitch. Yeah. Yeah. Some years it changes. Some years it varies. The five years ago, six years ago, when my budget was very small for yarn, it was very different. I would say 80% of my yarn purchases were from the local yarn store and maybe 20% or less were from Stitches. As my budget has changed, I've allowed myself to purchase a little more yarn when I go to events. So yeah, it changes. And when we are at Stitches, we are purchasing from almost exclusively indie dyers. And yeah, that's yeah. something that webs I, is there, but I, we almost never purchase yeah, from webs. I, like I said, when possible, I love to see the indie dyers and Indie dyers that go to events or that are able to go yeah, to events like this. I know hard. not everybody I know. can, I know. but I, I'm so happy to support, so happy to support them when I can. And I was also going to say our local yarn store, the Swift Stitch, has a really good representation of indie dyers. We have we Candy Skein, mm -hmm. we have Dragonfly Fibers, we have Anzula. I don't think of Madeline Tosh as an indie dyer anymore, no, but no, there's no. Madeline Tosh. There's a decent representation. So I know I can go to my local yarn mm -hmm. store and still support Indie Dyers, which is fabulous. So I know Charlene has lobbied hard for that at our local yarn mm -hmm. store. I think you're probably mostly to thank for that. You've convinced <laughs> Christine, I think, in a lot of ways. So that's another thing I think we can do as consumers is to approach our local yarn store owners and say, you know, I really like this Indie Designer. Will you please buy some of their yarn. Monarch Knitting in Carmel, they have Western Sky Knits, they have Anzula, they have Brooklyn Tweed and Wolf Oak and several other indie dyers. I don't know how many of those are technically indie, but you know, smaller dyers. Yeah. So there are places where you can go, luckily, and see mm -hmm. indie yarns, which is great. And but what you just mentioned is great. If you live somewhere if you are lucky enough to live somewhere where you do have a local yarn store, not everybody is. Yeah. So you may live somewhere where you only have big box or you may live somewhere where you have to purchase all your yarn online. Certainly that's the way the industry has been headed for the last couple of years as we have seen yarn stores closing in a lot of regions. Yeah. But if you do live someplace where you have a local yarn store, talk to your yarn buyer, talk to the yarn store owner, and let them know that you would like to see some indie representation. They, uh, yarn store 
owners and buyers, they love to hear what you want. They love to give it to you. So let them know. Yeah. So we can change things. Not, I'm not <laughs> saying I want to change things, but you know, for those indies out there who are having a hard time being represented in local yarn stores, that's one way to get them there, especially when they can't afford to go to these events. I know it's very expensive to be at stitches and hard to invest the money to get all your yarn dyed and all that stock purchased and stuff. So you know, we want to see the love spread evenly, but right. you know, like you said, every consumer is different. So right, and one of the reasons that we're talking about this, I mentioned, just mentioned that we have seen yarn stores closing. There has been a decline in yarn stores in the Bay Area where Huge we decline. live. There's been yeah. a big decline, and it's rather shocking because, in, for example, over the Hill Silicon Valley area, it's a big population over there. And for the number of yarn stores that has closed and the number of yarn stores that is that are remaining, it, it's surprising. It's very surprising, especially when you consider the number of yarn stores that the region has supported in the past. And where are all the sales going? You wonder if they're all going online. Is the consumer consumer numbers going down i don't know the demographics of it but I sure wouldn't think so yeah i don't know it, it in this climate we just really have to think about where our dollars are going who and what we want to support yep it's true and i think in the past month i know for a fact, at least in the yarn store where I work, interestingly enough, the pussycat hat movement really caused a crunch in the availability of pink yarn. That's so awesome. It's, it's really cool. What there was happened. a pussycat hat on the cover of Time Magazine. Exactly. <laughs> and thinking about that, aside from all of the political connotations just thinking about it in terms of what it me meant for the industry is interesting because there was such a push and because it happened so quickly your traditional retail market wasn't able to fulfill pink pussycat hats quickly enough because the retail chain is so the retail chain takes so long to fulfill by the if if pussycat hats were wanted in they our local up in store, forever 21 right yeah. if pussycat hats were wanted in our local store for january for example the the creation would have started months maybe a year ago so i have known i'm not i'm not saying you won't see pussycat hats popping up in they forever 21 will, because you yeah. probably will see them at some point but it was really fascinating to see what was going on in the industry with the pink yarn, how stores were running out. I had several people coming in saying that one of the big box type stores in our area was completely sold out of pink yarn. I had a friend who was looking for pink yarn on Amazon, for example, and all of the fulfillment dates for pink yarn on Amazon were pushed back to February because the pink yarn was back ordered. And so we, as a local yarn store, 
we had lots of pink yarn. So we were still selling pink yarn. We're even after the March, we're still selling pink yarn because people still want to make hats. Go pink. So, yeah. I love pink. You know so. <laughs> Well, and here's one more monkey, to, monkey wrench to throw in the works. So this has evolved from our self-indulgent knit along thread. Right. <laughs> we have started. Let's bring it back to a the reclaimed <laughs> yarn knit along. Oh, this yes. was by popular yes. demand. You know that Charlene is very, very good about <laughs> repurposing sweaters she doesn't wear and other garments she doesn't wear to use the yarn she loves. I am not so good at that. But several people in the self-indulgent knit-along thread were talking about reclaiming yarn from whatever garment, for whatever reason, even works in progress that they were currently knitting that they just weren't in love with. So not only can you purchase yarn from your local yarn store and online, <laughs> you can actually get new yarn from your own knit garments. So if anyone is interested in joining in, please go visit that thread. It's a completely informal, just for fun. If you have something sitting in your closet that you keep looking at and thinking, oh, why do I still have you? <laughs> Instead of gifting it, consider ripping out the yarn. Yeah. And yeah. you know what I thought of? We were talking about Hannah Fettig's new book, and you were talking about eco, eco wool. Is that what it's called? Cascades eco wool? Yes. Okay. Yes. I knit a sweater for Mike when we lived in France that was drop-shouldered and enormous. <laughs> I think it's still hanging up in our garage. Oh. And I will give you that sweater if you want to repurpose the yarn. No, I have yarn. I have a sweater that I have my eye on to repurpose okay, you to make that jacket. That. Okay. Yeah. I just have to pull it out because I don't think I wore it this year, which means that it's hmm, time to turn it into something and else. Closer that it might get to the repurposed pile. There we go. So um, if you're interested yeah. in that way of acquiring more stash, it's really already in your stash. But once it's been knit into a garment, it's not stash for me anymore. Right. I guess is where my mind goes. Where you can still consider it stash. <laughs> so I need to change how I think of that. Right. So. So to bring it back to love your stash, I think we said self-indulgent, but to bring it back to love, love your, your stash. stash. Yeah. So it's like we have three different knit along type of things <laughs> that are all intermingled now. Love your stash. Yes. So please join just, us if you have any inclination whatsoever to focus on something, even if it's not a goal, but to focus on something specific related to your stash, pop into the thread. Yeah. And the one last thing that I wanted to say in terms of love your stash the quarterly goals you can set make allow you to set small goals for yourself. Small goals are good. Small goals are doable. Yep. And make them achievable. Make them achievable and bring you closer to that stash of your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> it feels so good. There have been so many people over the last two years who have commented on how good they feel when mm -hmm. they get rid of yarn that they don't want yeah, anymore because a stash should make you happy as a creator and as an artist should make you happy these are the tools of creation you want these things to bring you happiness to bring you joy to make your your stash is supposed to give you the freedom to create not drag you down exactly and i just remembered i think it was terry Holiday posted a link to a thread by Clara Parks about your stash. Oh, okay. And it was really good. It was in response to a woman who wrote a letter saying something about her stash, how much <laughs> she de-stashed, yet she still had so much. 
and someone was commenting on how awful that was. And Claire's oh. response is classic. So <laughs> okay. I will find that link and put it into the thread for this episode because good. yeah, it totally relates to this. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening and participating in the knit alongs and all the sweet comments that you guys make everywhere on the internets and everything. It's always my happy place. It is. Always, every time. I'm very grateful for our podcast. And this whole Love Your Stash discussion, it is there on Ravelry in our Yarniax podcast Ravelry group. I'm sure that Gail and I have said a lot that will make you think and perhaps want to discuss. So join us there and join in the conversation. Thank you so much for listening. And happy knitting. Happy knitting. Bye-bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniax Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.